Hello, everyone. I'm Luca Parry. Thanks for joining us again. This is episode number 60 in total of the Learning Future podcast. And for me, it's just a, it's going to be a brief reflection on what I've learned across season three in particular and the 19 episodes preceding this one, but across the entire journey as well thus far. Uh, I've also got some kind of exciting announcements, I guess, for the season four and a few collaborations that we've been really lucky to work on. Um, and again, I mean, for me, reflecting on this project uh, and the Learning Future podcast, it's been a way for me to try to make my own learning transparent. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you to each of you that is tuned in, that's listening to my voice right now um, in my neutral Australian kind of globish accent. Um, I really appreciate it. I appreciate the time and energy and thank you for coming on a bit of a journey with me so far across 60 episodes or one episode or however many in between you may have listened into. It's quite interesting. When, they, when you start a podcast, they often say you need to find your niche. You need to be super specific, you know, subculture of a subculture of a subgroup. Very specific for, you know, leaders of this type of industry. I'm not so sure I agree. I, I really think for me, the thing that I'm most excited about is range. It's all the diff different perspectives from people working in different places in an ecosystem that I'm most interested in. And I think... That's certainly clear when I look back across the wonderful 19 conversations that we had in season three uh, from all over the world. And, you know, we have professors of education, we have education leaders, we have policy makers, we have entire teams, social entrepreneurs, um, you know, parents, you know, psychiatrists, clinical professors of psychiatry, just some wonderful human beings, you know, indigenous leaders and thinkers you know, young Australians of the year, really just wonderful human beings doing great work. Um, so I'm going to kind of reflect on each of them and a bit of a theme that I've, all the themes I, I suppose I've been really lucky to see emerging on my own learning journey into our learning future. I will announce though, for season four, uh, we have some wonderful collaborations. The first is with the World Innovation Summit for Education and the All In uh, group, which is the, Adelaide, the uh, Agile Leaders of Learning Innovation Network. And so we have a few conversations that we're going to be kind of cross-promoting um, with some wonderful network leaders, um, people that have been leading large groups of networks and people for some period of time, and feeling about what is it at a system level that we might need to pay attention to. Uh, and after that, we have a fantastic collaboration with ASA, the Association of Independent Schools for South Australia, and where we're talking with practitioners uh, that have been running, you know, all these different experiments actually in schools across South Australia, here down under, uh, in terms of how might we elevate agency, and how do you kind of, you know, really practically form you know, new projects, new products, new practices, new pedagogies that actually enable kind of a future-oriented education to take place. And that's in collaboration with Charlie Leadbeater. Um, I should say Charlie Ledbetter. Charlie Ledbeater. I always get his name wrong. I always get his name wrong. But I have to say he's one of the most wonderful system thinkers I've come across in my in career so far. And some of the insights that are kind of shared across that network and those 12 conversations are really illuminating, even if you're a parent, a learner, an educator, a principal, a social entrepreneur, an innovator, someone with an interest in what the emerging future of education not just might be, but potentially needs to be. So across these last 
19 conversations. You know, we started, of course, with two good friends and colleagues of mine, Perry Kleban and Jeremy Utley from Stanford's D School. They run the executive education programs and are both incredible entrepreneurs and innovators in their own rights. And so the idea here was, you know, we talk a lot about inspiration. You know, you're in the shower, you have this moment, you go, oh, there's the idea. But the, idea, the, the, the question that we explored in, in episode one of this season was, how do we get into our idea flow more intentionally? Can we create some, some, somewhat of a, of a ritual, of, of a way, of, of an environment that enables us to be more creative more often? Um, their thesis is, yes, you absolutely can. And in fact, that's a lot of the work that they teach there at the D School, um, which is wonderful. And after that, we delved into kind of evidence and policy and the idea of learning ecosystems. This is a, a framing that you know, we've heard many times, particularly from the wonderful Valerie Hannon that's been on our podcast as episode one of season two. Um, and this idea of, with Ross Hall that we explored, how do you create collective well-being as the end goal of an education worth having? And what needs to take place in part of that? What do we know about the science of learning that, that can help us on that journey? Then we spoke with the wonderful Pedro Cunha, uh, who I have to say is just one of the most remarkable human beings I've been lucky to meet. Humble, charismatic, enthusiastic, former vice minister of education for Portugal. And he's working with the Gulbenkian Foundation to try to work out how might you embed social and emotional development at the core of education at a national level. Now that's a wonderful conversation if you have any interest in policy, particularly at those larger levels. Episode four this season was with the team at the School of Cybernetics at the Australian National University. This is the first time we've done more than one person. There were six, um, led beautifully by Amy. Uh, but this was a great conversation. And, and, the reason, and the reason I loved it so much is the idea of it's breaking down barriers. It's opposed to having a discipline, a single, you know, school, faculty at a university, or a subject in a high school perhaps. Uh, how do you kind of think multi or transdisciplinary about, so, you know, different ideas and different processes so that you can solve wicked, pro wicked problems in our world? A really, really great conversation. Um, episode five was with my very good friend, Hunter Johnson, who is uh, a two, CEO of two different organizations, The Man Cave, uh, which is, you know, a mental health and emotional intelligence charity that supports boys and young men to really kind of herald in at the future of healthy masculinity. And also Stuff, which is a product care, healthcare brand that actually is also in service of that. It's a wonderful conversation if you're a social entrepreneur or you want to know more about positive masculinity and how we might try to overcome some of the really significant challenges we have um, in that space in Australia and across the world. After that, we spoke with Professor Karen Edge, a just incredible thinker uh, who's at the University, um, at the Institute of Education at the University College London, UCL, uh, about the power of what we know now. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a let's transform everything enthusiastic um, human being. Uh, and so I'm quite interested in, you know, her view, which is, well, what can we do right now? And let's just find out what that is. I mean, wonderful. I've been lucky to collaborate with Karen on a couple of different um, pieces of work uh, in Scotland, in Canada as well, uh, and across the UK. And again, a really great conversation for education leaders, um, or any leaders, in fact, in terms of leading teams and how do you have your own well-being um, at the core. After that, I spoke with Benjamin Freud. I should note that all these people have PhDs, many of them have PhDs, and they're all very humble because they don't say, oh, you must include my 
post nominals on my my doctor. Um, it's very egalitarian, I think, a lot of our conversations. And and Benjamin is one of the most credentialed people I've spoken to. Um, I think he's got six degrees or five degrees. Um, multilingual, very brilliant educator. And the I, we went to all sorts of worlds in this conversation. Malleable learning, the dissolution of barriers. You know, we even got into kind of quantum. You know, what is it all for? Like, how do we do belonging and connectedness and our own self development? A really wonderful conversation uh, with Benjamin that I would commend to you all. After that, we we flew over from what was Chiang Mai, northern Thailand, where Benjamin is, to New York City to speak with David Adams, who is a, just an incredible leader. He runs uh, the Urban Assembly over there and works directly with a network of schools um, where they embed social emotional learning and and pathways. Uh, often in communities that, you know, have got more complexities than some others. And so, you know, this idea of education being for the common good and how might we contribute to it, um, just an inspiring conversation, episode A. After that, we spoke with the CEO of Teach for Australia, Melody Potts. Um, again, just an educator at heart um, and has a wonderful kind of wealth of experience that she brings to that role in terms of how do we elevate education in this country, where I happen to be, but also in all countries, so that we understand that it is the key that unlocks so much opportunity and potential for all of us. Talent capitalization, uh, a great chat. Annie Kidder was next. We talked about adaptive, equitable education. Uh, she runs a nonprofit called People for Education in Canada. Excellent conversation. and. You know, the next episode was with Dr. Jean Clinton, who's a clinical professor of psychiatry and has written a wonderful book called Love Builds Brains. Oh my goodness, that was just a beautiful conversation with, uh, with Jean. Um, it's a wonderful Scottish accent as well, mother of five children. And it's just the way that she conceives of human growth and development from her work in psychiatry, I think, that just is incredibly insightful. Um, particularly if you're a parent with young children, and this idea of attachment theory and the idea of the social and the emotional dimensions of learning as well as the cognitive learning. She, she gifted us a beautiful phrase called the tyranny of cognitive obsession. The tyranny of cognitive obsession. We aren't just what we know. We're so much more than that. Oh, and Jean really delivered that. The next episode was actually uh, with our sister podcast, The Future City. You know, one that I also host with my good friend Al Halamish. And this is where we spoke with Jackson Smith uh, at the Learning Economy Foundation, where they're building kind of the Internet of Education. How do we think about learning in an urban environment, kind of the physical meeting the virtual, meeting the developmental, um, the 22nd century city? Very prov uh, provocative conversation, I would say. After that, we spoke with David Price, um, OBE, and just Again, someone that has spent many, many decades thinking about the power of education, the power of innovation, the power of networks and community. Um, a wonderful book, The Power of Us, as well, that he, that he alludes to and, and some great work that he's doing really across, across the world in many different industries. Um, how do we herald in a new age that's beyond individualism and is kind of beyond collectivism in some ways? It's this idea of a, kind of a, a new epoch that we can herald in together. Um, after that, we spoke with Ulka Hansen uh, about the future of smart um, and how do we transform the factory model of learning. You know, how do we take kind of everything we've inherited, 
you know, and wonderful as it is, and, and just also not just reinvent, but, but remember, um, you know, the holistic indigenous understandings of growth and development, not just the Cartesian Newtonian understandings of compartmentalization and scientific theory. And how do we really imbue yeah, a new way of doing things, a new way of being, perhaps even in education? Which links beautifully with our next conversation with Tyson Yunkaporta, who's an indigenous leader and author. And he spoke about the power of protesting in place. Oh, this was just a very deep conversation. Usually, you know, most of these go for 40 minutes or so. This one went for an hour, well over an hour, I think an hour 10. Because Tyson and I just really, you know, it was just such a fascinating conversation um, where we tapped into, I think, many different domains, anthropology, psychology, sociology, um, education, identity. Fascinating, fascinating chat. After that, we spoke with Sizzle. Uh, Sizzle is the Young Australian of the Year for the Northern Territory, and I was very lucky to host the Leaders Summit last year uh, with the, all the school leaders across the Territory. I was the MC, and Sizzle is, was the, uh, last year, actually was the chair of the Youth Roundtable um, that works with the Minister for Education there. And she is a superstar. She's a force of nature, someone that had a terrible experience at school, but had a few educators that believed in her, and now as a 20-year-old, you know, is really dedicating her life to changing the trajectories of young people that may end up, you know, uh, in places where they may not want to be. Just a brilliant, brilliant young um, educator leader. I commend that to you as well. And then our, our final three, you know, we spoke with Joanna Mo, who actually, uh, who leads um, professional learning in Qatar, for the Qatar Foundation, for all the schools across the, that, that country in the Middle East. It was a really interesting conversation because she's, um, she's from Aotearoa, from New Zealand. And so we talked a lot about cross-cultural um, or bicultural education and how do you kind of, you know, understand epistemic justice, which is this idea that everyone's belief systems need to be heard and valued as opposed to just English, for example, or just a particular type of perspective. And this idea of resilience and bouncing forward, not back, I think is a great framing that she gave to us. After that, we spoke with Addie Wooten, who's the CEO of Smiling Mind. It is a wonderful free app um, and organization that is trying to mainstream mindfulness practice across schools in Australia and potentially beyond. Uh, they do wonderful, wonderful work. And the power, the research behind mindfulness is something that we often allude to on this podcast. It's a practice that I also do daily. Um, it's only perhaps the only way to be able to stay sane in this very chaotic world around us. Uh, and our final conversation, you know, released just at the end of last year was with Ben Hamer. And he is the Future of Work lead at PwC Australia. He also works at the World Economic Forum. This is a guy, he's written, he's written a great book called The Kick-Ass Career. Uh, and he's someone that's very well tapped into what's emerging in the workplace. We spoke about the great resignation, the kind of great realignment, different ways of structuring workplaces. Uh, how might we do that within education systems differently? How do you ensure that you create motivating environments? It's a very good conversation, not because of anything I say, but because of the great insights that Ben offers us. And so that's a bit of a summary, as much as I can recall, across season three. Um, and so, yeah, as I said before, season four is going to be a kind of a bit of a different journey. We're going to have four conversations from WISE. 
which will be with different high-level system leaders doing great work, talking about the power of leadership, the, emer- the future of leadership as network leadership. Uh, and then we're going to go into, into a network of schools in South Australia and really hear real-world experiences of how agency is being activated and elevated in school classrooms every single day, how, how you can do it well, some of the pitfalls, uh, and then beautifully woven together with Charlie Leadbeater, um, who is just an excellent, excellent system thinker and one of the world experts on learner agency. So thank you to each of you, wherever you happen to be listening uh, across our world. I don't take it lightly that you take some of the time out of your day, out of your week, to listen to a few conversations with a bit of a kind of quirky um, but very curious human being that is myself. I hope you have a wonderful 2022 and that you enjoy all the future conversations that are coming in season four and beyond. Much love to you all.